Luke chapter 1 from verse 8 onwards. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Shall we pray? Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord, I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against your word from being given to your people. I bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Oh, Spirit of God, I ask for total freedom this night in Jesus' name. Every year be in tune to the voice of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Every distraction in the name of Jesus. Every disturbance in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bring it down at the foot of the cross and I render it powerless in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every evil spirit that is trying to take the word of God that is going to be preached at this hour through the Holy Spirit and is trying to twist it in the name of Jesus, I nullify the works of darkness in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power over this hour. In the name of Jesus, I curse your works right now in Jesus' name and I render you powerless at the foot of the cross. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence that is here. I ask you, Lord, that you will invade every home, every heart, every mind, every body at this hour and break every chain in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I come against every form of spirit lethargy in the name of Jesus. I come against every emotional disturbance that I see right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask you that you will straighten out everything that is crooked in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, Father, I ask for undivided attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, let darkness depart in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And let the light of the Holy Spirit shine into the hearts, homes, in the minds of your people right now in in Jesus name every shackle be broken in Jesus name every heaviness in the name of Jesus I command it to be lifted off in Jesus name every dark cloud that is hanging over the heads of some of the people I see I curse those in Jesus name and I remove them right now in Jesus name thank you father every negative spirit every hasty thought in the name of Jesus I cancel it right now this hour in the name of Jesus and I release your people oh to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit I release your people in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth oh to give full attention to the spirit of God at this hour in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth thank you father and every evil spirit that is trying to block the hearing of your people I curse those in Jesus name every demonic spirit that whispers other than the voice of the Holy Spirit every Every pseudo voice, I curse it right now in Jesus' name. I take authority over you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let your people hear only what God wants them to hear in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that Lord, your people may feel the tangible presence of God at this hour in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let the fear of the Lord grip every heart, mind, soul, and body right now in Jesus' name. And let them feel the love of the Father right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I speak emotional stability right 
now in the name of Jesus into every unstable hearts in Jesus name every unstable mind receive emotional stability right now in Jesus name in the name of Jesus every demonic spirit that is giving spiritual reluctancy I curse those in Jesus name take victory in Jesus name thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Father thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit that is in our midst at this hour and let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn within every heart right now in Jesus name in the name of Jesus every darkness dispel right now let it dispel right now let it dispel right now under the fire of the Holy Spirit every darkness dispel right now in Jesus name thank you Heavenly Father thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit may the Spirit of God all do a mighty work in the lives of your people thank you Father let the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit ignite every heart right now in the name of Jesus enlighten every mind in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth spark the fire of the Holy Spirit in every heart in Jesus name thank you Father thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord and give you all glory honor and praise in Jesus name I pray amen praise be to God we're going to read again from the book of Luke chapter 1 and I'm going to read from verse 8 onwards Luke chapter 1 from verse 8 onwards so it was that while he was serving who was serving Zacharias Zacharias was serving we've read this chapter several times and God has spoken to us in many different ways according to what God wanted to speak to us many different times he's spoken to us so today, God wants to speak something new, obviously. I don't know what he's going to speak, but I know when he gives the word, he will speak because he's faithful. He has a message to convey to us. He has a mission to accomplish this night. And the Spirit of the Lord will do it. As you keep your hearts and minds open to the voice of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, have your way, have your way in my life. God will have your way in your life this night. So it was that while he was serving, Zacharias was serving as priest before God. I want you to underline or highlight the words before God. Very important. Zacharias was a priest, but he was not functioning as a priest just because he was assigned and he's just going and doing some ritual. No. He was a priest before God. God is speaking to her today. Who are you before God? Who are you before God? Zacharias was a priest before God. He was serving God. He was called of God as a priest to serve God. And he was doing what he was called the time when he was called. Zacharias was a priest called of God. Not only was he called of God, but he was someone who was walking in the call of God. When? When he was supposed to walk. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If Zacharias was called of God, and he was able to walk in the call of God that God had for him faithfully for so many years until he had an encounter with the angel of the Lord and beyond that. 
You can do that. You can do that. You can walk in the call of God that God has for you. Because God has a call for you. God has a call on your life. Every believer, when they come into the fold of the Lord Jesus Christ, when they give their lives over to Jesus Christ, God has a blueprint for them. That blueprint begins to unfold. As I'm speaking to you, the picture that the Holy Spirit brings before me is a maze. You know when you see a maze? I, I believe that everyone here would have tried it sometime there in your life. At least once, if not, go try. Look at the maze, paper maze. You can look at the paper maze and you can see all kinds of gaps there, routes, so to speak. Say, say, find, you know, help Susie find her way to her house. Yeah. And then you have like a path here, a path there, broken path here, broken path there, everything. But there's one path that is there that goes straight to Susie's house. Susie has to find her way to the house. And you're going to help Susie find her way. And you have to carefully look. There are a lot of pseudo paths that are there. If Susie would take one path, that is that thing that all the paths that are there is all going to take to Susie's house. It's not going to work that way. Because the beginning is okay. Somewhere down the road, Susie can't make it because... It's broken. It's not linked to the main path. But there is a path that is there, made specially for Susie, because Susie must reach her home. Whoever drew the maze had this in mind. Susie has to reach her home, so she must have a path, and the path was carved out just for Susie to reach her home. In your life and in my life, God has marked out our path. Our portion has been established already. When we get saved, we begin to walk in the path of the Lord. There's so many pseudo-paths that are there, like the maze. But there's one path, a distinct path that God has marked out. But we have to carefully look. If you don't carefully look and say, la, 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 I'm going to step into anything and you just put your foot on any path that's there, you know, what will happen? Five years down the road, is you'll look back and think, oh, where am I? I have wasted five years. And some of you have done that. You think, oh, I wasted five years. Oh, I wasted three years. Oh, I wasted two years. Oh, I wasted 30 years. Oh, I wasted 44 years. Oh, I wasted 70 years. What do you have to do? Susie has to go back. Where? Out of the wrong path. And I go to the starting point. And what do you think Susie must do? Look carefully and see how Susie must get home. Remember this. Jesus Christ has marked out your path. Wherever you are in your life, you might have wasted a lot of time. However, you have time now. You still have the time. And the time that God has given to you now, know this, it's timed. Susie is on a timer. 
Larif, time is gone. Susie tried one path and just hopped out and said, oh, no. Okay, let me see. Oh, it's hard to look. You call that spiritual laziness. Oh, it's so hard to look. Well, it's confusing. Well, I feel tired. I'm just going to try. Let me just hop on to this path. And Susie begins to walk. La, 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 la. Yes, I have more time. I have more room. I can go. Look, we don't have to waste our time trying to look carefully and hurt our eyes and our brain. Oh, my goodness. Let me just go. And Susie goes. And she sees a store here and she's a garden there and she's all so happy. But you know what? Then there's a dead end. Susie thinks, oh no, what have I done? I need to go back because there's no way out. You can't reach your home. You can't be in a dead end over there on a road where you don't have your house. What are you going to do all night out in the cold? So Susie has to come back again. Another five years gone. Susie has to hop to the next road. How many years will Susie waste if Susie decides not to pay careful attention to the map that she has and to find the road that is there? The kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, is like a hidden treasure. It's a hidden treasure. It's not something that's obviously out there for everyone. Remember, it's a treasure. Treasure is not there anywhere. How many of you can say that? Well, I walk on the road and while I walk on the road, I saw a big chunk of gold piece here. And near my house, we have like several, you know, blocks of gold and it's just there everywhere. And I go there and then when I go to the end of our street, I see a big block of diamond there. And no, in heaven, yeah, you have streets of gold. You have precious stones everywhere. That's heaven. But we are on earth. We have a limited time. We are on earth. We have a distinct road marked out by God. While we have a distinct road, we must understand that road is a treasure road. Few will find it, Jesus said. How many people will find it? Not many. Few will find it. Wow. You have to look. You have to carefully look. God has his treasures there for his people. It's there. The treasures and the riches of God is there for his people. It's there. But who should find it? We have to find it. He has placed it. See, it's not something that we sit and manufacture. No. He has placed it. When God has placed it, it's your job and it's my job to go after it, to look for it. That's why Jesus said, seek and you shall find. How will you find it? When you seek. And how do you have to seek? When you seek with all your heart. So there is a seeking, an intentional seeking, a deliberate seeking, and a seeking with all our hearts. So when it comes to finding our path, finding your call, God has for you. Not according to my talents and, you know, my abilities and my skill. According to what God has for me. 
Zacharias was called of God. According to the call of God that was upon his life, Zacharias ministered to the Lord before the Lord. When you are in the call of God, when you are in the perfect will of God, you will have the realization that whatever you are doing, you are doing before God. Whether you are at home or outside your home, whatever you do, you do unto God and before God. That means in the presence of God. What a glorious thing. Whatever you do, you're doing it unto God and in the presence of God. That means when I'm giving the word of God here, I am doing it unto God before God in the presence of God. When I go out of here and I take care of my children, whether I cook or do dishes or whatever it is, or clean, sweep the kitchen, I do all these things. So while I do these things, what am I doing? I am serving God, doing it before God, unto God. So we do it unto God and we do it in the presence of God. So while you are doing whatever you're called to do, which I know I've been called by God to be a mom. I've been called by God to be a wife. I've been called by God to be a servant of the Lord. I've been called by God to pastor this church. I've been called by God to do what God has called me to do, you know, to, to, you know, take care of my parents. I've been called by God. So there are different roles that God has assigned for me. Particularly, the first and foremost is to be the woman that God has called me to be, his daughter, called of God. So when you look at it inside your home and outside your home, whatever you're called to do, you do it unto God and before God, in the presence of God. So Zacharias here, if you look at verse 8, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, something happened. I encourage you today. No matter what you're doing, if you're doing it unto God and you're doing it in the presence of God, with the awareness that you're doing it in the presence of God, God will intervene in your life. You will have a divine intervention in your life when you do whatever you do with the knowledge that you're doing it unto God because God has called you to do whatever he's calling you to do. If that is not there, if you think that oh, I'm just going to be like that Susie who just hopped on this road and hop on that, oh, today, you know, I just thought I'll just pick up this phone and call 10 people and, oh, tomorrow I think I'll just go to the park over there. And day after tomorrow, I just think that, oh, maybe I'll, I'll make some dessert and I, you know, I'll just do some, you know, meals and I do what pleases me. Oh, no. You know, what'll happen? Five years, gone. Another 10 years, gone. What are you going to do if you have to live your life that you have? And what you live, how you live, what you do with this life is actually going to determine the quality of your life and where you're going to live. The Bible says, be smart, be wise, redeem your time. 
Don't waste another minute. Whatever you do, when you're doing it unto God, you know, it is going to go well with me. If I hear, every day my father will be pleased with me. And when I go there, I have done wisely. Jesus said this. Use your earthly wealth while you're here, when you talked about the man who was fired suddenly, he knew that he was going to lose his job. He called his subordinates, subjects, and he said, okay, how much do you owe the king? How much do you owe? And he said, okay, I'm going to take you, owe $1,000. I'm going to cross it out, and you're going to only give $200. And you, if you owe $700, you're only going to give $70. And he just slashed out whatever they owed. When he lost his job, Jesus said that the people that he favored took him in. And Jesus said, you know, how smart he was. Now you, do the same thing. Use the wealth, unrighteous mammon, he calls it, the wealth, to gain heavenly friends, eternal friends. What is he saying? He says, God has given us his treasures in our hands, he says. Use it wisely towards your eternity. It not only goes for finances, it goes for your talents, it goes for your time, it goes for everything that you do. When you do it unto God, knowing that this is the will of God, that's the primary thing. It has to be the will of God. If it's not the will of God, you're doing something that's not going to do anything because God will say, well, I never call you do on your chart where what you should have accomplished, it'll be zero. Monday, zero. Tuesday, zero. Wednesday, zero. Thursday, zero. Okay, Friday, yes, 10 points. Saturday, 10 points. Sunday, 10 points. Monday, zero. Tuesday, zero. You don't want to live a life like that. It is very important for you to know the will of God every single day. If God has given you a job, if God has given you a spouse, if God has given you children, if God has given you the house of God, if God has given you people around, ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to be Jesus to them today. Show me. Pray for every single person and seek the Lord as to how God wants you to serve them. We are called to serve and not to be served. We have to have that mentality all the time. Father, how do you want me to serve? It's not about me, my rights, and how I feel, and how he makes me feel, and how she makes me feel, and how they make me feel. And If they don't make me feel, I'm not going to talk to them. If they are mean, then I'm not going to Say hello to them. Jesus says so beautifully. If you say hello to those who say hello to you, what's the difference between you and the heathen? The tax collector does that. Sinners do that. That's no reflection of your Father in heaven. If you belong to me, you'll do what I do. I give the sunshine for the just and the unjust. The rain for the just and the unjust. Do like that. Be nice. Be real. Don't have a smile on your face. Oh, I like your dress. 
And then right after the person turns around to, I can't believe how she wears that horrible, whatever color. That's hypocrisy. Oh, how cute your haircut looks. Oh, I can't stand it. I don't know. My goodness. What kind of a taste she has. You've seen all of that. God sees all of that. If you don't agree with something, you don't like something, better don't say anything. Be true. Don't try to say something that is not true. What you really feel on the inside. At the same time. If someone is not nice to you, you as a child of God should take that extra step to be Jesus to that person. How many times did God forgive you? How much did God put up with you? How much love did God show towards you? Think about it. You owe a lot to God. And how do you pay that back to God? You know, sometimes people say, Lord, I cannot pay you anything back. I cannot repay. True, we can't repay. But we must do what we can. At least to show him that we're thankful. God expects us to do things according to what he has said. So he said, if I forgive you, then you are supposed to forgive. If you don't forgive, then I won't forgive you. Jesus said that very clearly. There are many Christians who think that, well, I said, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, and I'll make it to heaven. Meanwhile, if you don't forgive, you can cry your heart out. He will not forgive you. So what will happen if you say, Lord, forgive me, and you think that he forgave, but he didn't forgive you? Because you are bitter, you are holding grudge against somebody. Because Jesus said, whatever you bring to the altar, make sure, leave that there. Go, reconcile, then come back. Then you can offer. He, didn't, he never said that, but don't offer. No. He says, you can offer your sacrifice. You can give your gift to God, but get right with your neighbor before. You come and offer anything to God because you cannot enter into the presence of God with an ugly bitterness in your heart. So, the people that God has given in front of us, they're very important to us. They're very important to God. That is the reason why he places certain people, certain individuals in our lives around us. So that we can be Jesus to them. Just like how God is loving towards us. How God has shown pity upon us. We need to be Jesus to all those who are around us. Zacharias ministered to God and before God. Whatever you do, the Bible says, do it unto God, not unto man, knowing that your reward is of him. Whatever you're doing, do it unto God, not just for man. Because when you do it unto men, you will do things in a nice way to whom you like, and you will do things in a mean way, or you do like the bare minimum to people whom you're not that friendly with. You're not going to really fare well before God. But if you're going to do it unto God, then whether you like it or not, whether you like the person or not, you're still going to do it because hey, you're doing it unto God. Every human being you see, you're doing it unto God. Secondly, does God want you to do that? It's very important. If God wouldn't tell me to do something, not a pin goes out of my house. Not a pin, not a single cent. But if God tells me to, Pastor Pradeep and I are people who empty our wallets, empty our accounts. Account, one account we have, checking account. Our savings account is in heaven. 
we have to be people who are mindful of the things of God. If God is not leading us to do something, at that time we can just go and say, well, I just feel emotional, so I just want to, you know, give. I feel emotional, so I want to just go and do this. I feel emotional, so I want to go and do that. Make sure you're in the will of God. The disciples, they actually wanted to go and minister to a group of people in the book of Acts. If you're interested in knowing whether I'm making up stories or if I'm saying from the word of God, go read the book of Acts. So the disciples, they set on a journey. And while they were going, the Holy Spirit came and he stopped them. He said, I don't want you going there. I want you going here. And he completely turned the direction and they all went with the Holy Spirit. Now, they didn't say, well, you don't want me to go and give the gospel there. The Holy Spirit won't tell us not to give the gospel there. We want to go and give the gospel there. We see the need there. The people are dying there. The people need that and this and that. And they could have gone opposite. But no. The Spirit of God forbade them, the Bible says, to go. And what? Evangelize there. Really? Is that the Spirit of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's several places that we had received invitation to give the word, to minister, but we had to say no. A lot of people were offended by it. Doesn't matter. God said, don't go. I don't want you going there. Someone could say, why would God say, don't go? Well, it's a big church. Oh, well, there are a lot of people. Oh, well, there's a need there. Well, is God your boss? Does he want you to go there? Are you representing him? If he wants me to go there, then I go. If he says, I don't want you going there, even though it appears like people are dying and there's a need there, I want you to go to that one Samaritan woman there. Go. We've done that. And God shows up in a big way. It is important to know the will of God. It's important to be called of God and to know that God has called you to do what God is calling you to do at a particular time, given time, every single day. In order for to know what God wants you to do, you need to train yourself to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. That comes from obeying Him. As you obey Him every single day, God will show you what you need to do. God will show you what you need to do. The Spirit of God is in our midst right now. God is speaking to our hearts today. It may appear like a simple verse. Do you know from a simple verse, because it's God's word, His life is in that verse, God just pulls that out. It's a treasure. It's a treasure from His treasure chest. That's what He's giving to us today. The treasure that's hidden there in that field is brought out by the Holy Spirit for the seekers of God. If I go looking for his treasure, you know who goes with me? The Holy Spirit. If I am really, really bent on, Lord, I need your word. Lord, I need your truth. Lord, I need your riches. Lord, I need your kingdom. Because the kingdom of heaven is the hidden treasure. The kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is where the king is. 
There's no kingdom without the king. The kingdom of heaven has the king there. If the king is there, imagine what will happen. In order for someone to gain that, in order for Susie to reach her home, she needs to find the path. Guess who goes with us? Our precious Holy Spirit. He's always there to show us. He's always there to lead us. Not until we come to a place of real desperation, seeking God. Those who seek Him with all their heart, they shall find Him. You seek Him with all your heart, you shall find Him. So if you want to find the direction, the purpose for your life, and to follow through with it, the blueprint that God has for you, you need to know what that is and walk according to that in order for that to happen. You need to be someone who seeks God. It's not that, well, I read and pray every day, I fast once a week and uh, pay my tithes and offerings and, you know, as if it's checklist dues. No. God is really looking for people who are from their heart serving God. From their hearts, they should be serving God. My giving has to come from my heart. Passionate. Passionately give. My loving should come from my heart. Passionately love. My serving should come from my heart. Passionately serve. It is something that Pastor Philippe and I both have done and continue to do. So we can preach that through the Spirit of God. You can live that way. You can passionately serve God with every ounce of energy you have and every drop of blood you have. Serve God. You can passionately love God and love people. That's the reason a lot of times even many church leaders have thought that we have lost it. What are these people? They have a life. How can they constantly minister to people? How can they give up their food and their sleep and constantly bring deliverance, God's deliverance to people by giving their time, everything? It's the passion of Christ that Christ put in us. The passion of God that consumes us, that eats us every day. People, souls, inside. Well, we're not the only ones. The many genuine servants of God who lived, died, who are in heaven, rejoicing with God. Jesus lived that way and there are. People that God sees, though not many, but there are people in this world who are truly serving God like that. Sold out for Jesus Christ. You can live like that. Passionately give. Not just do something. Oh, this is Sunday offering, or oh, this is okay. After Jesus, God said, ten percent. Just calculate in ten percent. Give it from your heart, passionately. You can only do that when you give your bodies as living sacrifice to God. Passionately give yourself to God. Give your life to God. Give your members of your body to God. Give everything to God. Be passionate. When it comes to the things of God. 
passionately serve God. Let Jesus become everything in your life. Only one life we have. Only one opportunity to give. If we can give our everything to God, our spirit, soul, bodies to God, our time, our talents, our abilities, our everything to God. One opportunity we have while we're on the face of the earth. Everything will go. Have you ever thought about it? Our spouse, our children, our relatives, our family, our health, the way we look, the way we walk, the way we talk, and whatever we do. It's never going to stay like that. As it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, everything will start winding down one day. Before we know, what have I built? Have I really built a solid structure or is it just a sandcastle? Think about it. We don't want to be in that place where we've really longed. Wish I did, wish I did more, wish I did more, wish I could have done more. Wish I could have loved more, wish I could have given more, wish I could have served God more. Everything is gone. You just live for this temporary thing to satisfy people. Forget what's satisfying God. Jesus said this. When his mother and brothers came, family came to visit him. He was doing the father's work. So when they came him, came to him, they thought that he's going to just say, excuse me, my family is here, so I'll come and see you tomorrow. I'm going to go see family first. No, his order was right. Who's my mother? Who are my brothers? Who are my sisters? Where? Where are they? And he looked to the crowd there and he said, These are my brothers. These are my sisters. These are my mothers. Who are they? Those who hear the word of God and do it. That's a real family. The kingdom of God. That's the real family. Where the king is, there we are. That's the right priority. In the presence of God. Serving God. He did well. Jesus did well. He didn't neglect his family. He showed what the real family is. What is the right order? What is the right order? Where are we supposed to be? How are we supposed to live? When everything is gone, what are we going to say? How are we going to stand before God? Lord, I wish, oh, how I wish. You know how many people think like that? On the judgment day when God sits on his throne and he sits to give the rewards to his people. You know how many people would think when they see others? who sacrificed and gave their lives to God. They would think, I wish I could have done more. I wish I didn't look at the temporary thing. I wish I didn't live to please people. I wish, oh, I wish. But you know what? At that time, I wishing and longing for what we could have done. It's not going to do anything. Now, is the time to give our all to Jesus. Like we say, I give my all to you. My all to you, Jesus. I give my all to you. I give myself as a living sacrifice. 
holy, holy to you. Totally and consecrated to you. Very important. I lay down my life and I take up my cross. Lord, I'll follow. I'll follow you. In life and in death, I'll only follow you. Jesus said this. Those who follow me will be where I am. Where will Jesus be? Where the Father is. Where will my people be? Where Jesus is. And what will Jesus do? If we are where Jesus is, what will he do? What will he do? Think about it. What happened when Jesus was there while he was on the face of the earth? Healings and miracles took place. Bondages were broken. Yes, he had no place to lay his head. He said, foxes of holes, birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. But does it mean that Jesus was all the time sleeping in the trees? No. He didn't have a permanent place. That's what he meant. He was going from one place to another, different places, different homes. Like Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' home. There were people who opened their homes for Jesus Christ. Sometimes, like Peter's home, Peter's mother-in-law, Jesus stayed in different homes. But did he have his own house? No. Three and a half years he served. He gave everything. Everything. For the cause of the kingdom of God. Not emotionally, but knowing the will of God, he did it. See, there's a big difference between doing something emotionally and not doing according to the will of God. If God calls you to do something and you do it, then there's a credit to it. If you do something without God calling you to do it, you can have it in your account, but in God's account towards you, it'll be a zero. At the end of my life, I don't want to stand having few pennies and nickels there. Thinking that I did something big here. Stand on that day thinking, oh, what a fool I was. It is very important to be found in doing what God wants me to do. I'm going to close tonight. We're just going to read this one more time. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. What was Zacharias doing? He was a priest before God, called of God, taken and out. He was a priest before God, even on the days when he was not going into the temple, when he was not called. He was still a priest before God. Because he was a priest before God every single day, the lot fell. His turn came from what? God, for God to visit him. If we are faithful to God, behind closed doors and outside, God will visit us in a special way. Whatever you do, do it heartily and to God. 
not unto man. The reward is of him. God will reward you. You know, when I die, sometimes some of you can think, well, this Pastor Kirva, often when she comes, she speaks about dying and after dying and living and dying and dying and living. You know, that's the truth though. God is speaking to us. These are not my words. These are the words of the Holy Spirit. We have to understand the time, the times, the seasons. They come and go away. We have to be people of integrity. We have to be people who are aware of our surroundings. Aware of the seasons, aware of what's going on. Not just sitting and watching the channel, what's the news channel, what's happening. You know, I didn't know what was happening with Israel until Pastor Padeep said somebody texted him. So he said, you know, he said that you know there's some war going on, or something, whatever is going on. He said, okay. These are things that God has already said will happen. The most important thing. We need to know is not to waste our time. Let's see all oh, end times reports and what are you going to do? Be a news reporter or a historian or you know call somebody? Oh, do you know this happening? Do not you know? I'm not saying it's wrong for you to see what's happening or keep track of what's happening. No. However, don't waste your time on those things. If you want to really live your life in a profitable manner, spend time with the Maker. Walk in the ways of the Almighty God. Redeem your time. For the days are evil. As you walk with God, God will walk with you. When you seek God, He'll be found by you. At the end of the day, when we have to stand before God, we will be with great joy, knowing that every day I did what God has called me to do. God is very faithful. We seek Him in small matters and in big matters. He reveals His will to us. He makes His mind known to us. Because He wants us to do His will. He is faithful. And He will help us to accomplish His will. That's why I said before, if we have to find our way to the home, in the maze, which is the world, we have the Holy Spirit. As we say, help Susie find her way to the home. We have the Holy Spirit who will help us to get on the right road to our destination. But you know what? I have to make the decision to seek Him with all my heart. To listen to what God speaks through the God-given shepherds that God has for us. God's word says, I've given you shepherds according to my heart who will lead you. Whatever God is bringing to us through the shepherds that God has given, it is important to pay attention to that, lay hold of that. And to hear that, take it, make it yours. Grow spiritually. God is speaking to hearts in this hour. As Zacharias ministered before God, in the place that God placed him. You need to be serving God where God has you. As a wife, as a mother, whatever capacity God has given, 
You need to be someone who is serving God. Asking God, Lord, what do you want me to do this day? Not led by emotions, but led by the Spirit of God. All those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God, sons of God, daughters of God. So every day, make it a make it your main business to find out what God wants you to do that day. Not just spring up and say, okay, I'm going to read my Bible, read my um, whatever, the Word, and uh, go pray. Done. That's it. Now I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do because I've asked the Lord to bless my journey and now I'm going to just pick up the call and call 10 people or, you know, go and sit and watch something and and then go and do something and just go just fill your day with activity and then end of the day, finish. Oh, this day is over. Next day, same cycle repeats. Where is God here in this picture? Jesus Christ called his disciples and he told them, I want you to go over here and I want you to untie the donkey and its baby and when the guy comes, the owner, and he asks you, well, what are you doing with mine? Tell him that the master needs them. And he is going to let his animals go with you. Jesus gave specific direction for that day. And Paul was visited by God. He was given specific instructions. If this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to this street called Straight. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to have this man over there. And, and he spoke to Ananias and said, this is what's going to happen. And this man is going to come. Paul is going to come. And you're going to pray for him. And this is what's going to happen. Take him as your brother. Instruction from God. Peter was given instruction by God. This is what you're going to do. You're going to meet this Cornelius. And Cornelius was revealed that Peter was going to come. God's people were led by God. As I said in the beginning, through the Spirit of God, when the disciples wanted to do a good thing, they were going in one direction. But as they were going, the Holy Spirit came and stopped them. Why? Why didn't they go to the right place to begin with? Number one, they could have not perhaps asked God, Lord, where do you want me to go? And have not waited until God told them, this is where I want you to go. I thought, okay, today we're planning, we're going to go here. Today, we're going to evangelize here. Today, we're going to, you know how many times people do that? Today, we're going to do this. Today, we're going to, they plan everything. We're going to do this, and this is what we're going to do. Man plans one thing, but God has totally something else. Unless we go to God and ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? He's not going to go tell you every day. He's God. We must seek Him. If we want to know His will, we must seek Him. So, what happened? as they're going in the wrong direction to do the right thing. You have to understand, you're going the wrong direction to do the right thing. 
the whole thing will become wrong. The equation is wrong. Out of God's mercy, the Spirit of God came and stopped them there. He said, no evangelism here. Somebody could have said, oh, that's the voice of the devil. Thank God they knew that it was the voice of the Holy Spirit. And they listened and they changed direction. How important it is for us to know the voice of God. How important it is for us to seek the voice of God so that there's no waste of time. And this story, the true incident, has been recorded in the Bible so that we don't make that mistake. Also to know that not every open door is of God and not every ministry opportunity is from God. Not every ministry is of God. And not every need that you see that you have to run there and do something. No. God can say, I don't want you going there. I don't want you giving tracts there. I don't want you evangelizing there. I don't want you giving there. But there, I want you to go. You know what? Let me tell this and finish for tonight. Because our God is the God of the harvest. Our God is the God of the harvest. So as the Lord of the harvest, He knows which field is going to produce fruit where your investment is going to really multiply. He is into multiplication, not waste. God is not going to waste time. He's not into wasting anything. His resources. His word, right? If we're going to carry His word and go somewhere else, it's His resource that we're taking. He's not going to want you to waste that. If we're going to give the money that God has given to us, it's from His hands. It's His resource. If we're going to do anything with our children, the children that God has given to us, God has loaned them to us. They belong to Him. If we're going to do anything with our body, this body has been given by God to me. That belongs to Him. So when you look at everything, God even says that in His Word. No. Remember, your body is not your own. I bought you with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. Not just not desecrate it, but glorify God with your bodies. The body that God has given, glorify God. And if someone sees you, they should say, oh, this is a child of God. Praise God for what God is doing in your body. Very important. We have the opportunity to glorify God in our bodies. You have the opportunity to glorify God in your bodies. Not just by wearing a Jesus t-shirt. Yeah, that's nice. That's good. It has to be beyond that. Our character, the way we talk, the way we act, holiness in our mannerisms, holiness in our behavior, holiness in everything. Love, kindness. Let the beauty of Jesus radiate in and through our lives. That Christ was a man who was a priest before God. He served God off duty and on duty. And while he was off duty, God called him on duty and he said I'm going to do something for you whatever you're doing make sure that you're pleasing God God will visit you God will do great and mighty things in your life when God calls me home 
the only thing that is going to follow me is my works. You read the book of Revelation, you'll see that. Our works will follow us. What we did for God according to the will of God, that alone will follow us. You know, I want to say this as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. If you look at the currency, you have the real authentic currency that has been produced by the U.S. government. And then you have fake currency too. Just because they look alike, they look very much alike, doesn't mean that it's valid in the stores. No. But what has been produced by the U.S. government, that is valid. That alone is valid. Whatever we do for God, if it is not of God, it's not valid. It's not going to be valid. But if it is of God, then it will be valid. And God's word says it in a beautiful way. That one man, he builds his house out of hay and stubble and the other one out of wood. And then there's another man who builds his house on precious stones. Then there comes a fire, God's fire that comes and tests everything. And the test happens, what happens? The wood and hay stubble goes away, only the precious stones last. It's like you take that bill and you look at it and you see it is real. People are really trained when they touch it, they know. And they just see it, they know. What is of God overcomes the world. What is of God, what is of God will stand. That alone will stand. So whatever we do for God, when you do it unto God, knowing that he has called you to do it, and that's what you're doing. What happens is, when I die, and God calls me home, say he calls me home tonight. When God calls me home, it's not just my soul that's going to go, according to God's word. Whatever I did my works, they're going to go with me. It just follows me, like a magnet would draw iron. My soul, when it goes, whatever I did according to the will of God, will go with me. Everything else will stay. Somebody can say, oh, you know, Pastor, what about this? And somebody can say, oh, this and that. And everybody can just cry and, you know, say all kinds of things. What Nothing matters. Nothing will matter on that day what anyone will say. It's important to have a good testimony. It's important to have a great testimony. It's very important. From man, it's important to have that. Anybody can say anything, though. The true testimony comes from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's the most important testimony. Jesus said this, my Father bears witness of me. Very important. We need to have the true testimony from God. What I do for Jesus Christ, what I have done all my life, all the things that I've done according to the will of God, all those will follow me. So when I go and stand before God on that day, whenever that time is, whatever I've done for God will follow me. If I have lived for eternity, then I'll have a whole bunch of stuff that follows me. 
But I would have just lived for this world, for the things of this world, and for the people of this world. I may have a big mansion and a, a big foundation and a big following, but go as a beggar before God. Scary. Because this world is temporary. It's so foolish, right? If I'm going to be just sitting and sitting, imagine, you know, an adult sitting. Not concerned about the home, not concerned about the family, but constantly just building this little, you know, wooden house. As if the person is going to be living in there. Just building and building and building and painting and building and painting and building and painting. And but they are practically going to be homeless. They're not going to work and they're not taking other family in this all day constantly. The wife comes and says, what's wrong with you? You're not going to work and you're constantly doing this and we don't have food and how are we going to? And Look at the kids. They don't have proper clothes and we have no you know, food at our table. Oh, no, no, I'm building a house. I'm building a house. Oh, what is that? What kind of house is that? What is it going to do? But this person is basically thinking, I'm going to make a nice model and I'm going to sell it and it's going to go for $100,000. They go all kinds of, you know, foolish thinking. But the spouse knows this is not going to do anything. Right now we need food. It's not getting here. You know why? The wisdom, it's not there. It's looking at this temporary thing and trying to do, thinking that it will bring wealth. But no. The person ends up having nothing. Once he's done, he takes it outside. They look and say, oh, beautiful work. Beautiful woodwork. You can get $400 maximum. You don't know how he'll feel. How long he's put. That's all. 400 I thought it would be like 400 No, no, no. Only $400. Imagine how he cries. How his wife cries. I told you before. Now we don't have anything. No home. Nothing. Look at the kids. Some of them died out of starvation. Look at that. How tragic that would be. Because you can't fix that now. That's how it is. For people who live for this world. Thinking that. Oh, I'm doing. My son a favor. I'm doing my daughter a favor. I'm doing you know, my husband a favor. I'm doing you know, my neighbor a favor. Meanwhile, completely missing out on the will of God. What is going to follow you? Do you think about that? What is going to follow you? How much is going to follow you? How much do you have? Credit to your account. If God calls you say, what is going to follow you? Are you sure that everything that you've done so far is in the will of God? And how much have you accomplished when it comes to the will of God? Think about it. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord, know that there are people of God in the Word of God who lived in the will of God, who served before God and served unto God. And God visited them. The very same God. The God is that Christ. My God. The very same God is your God. And as you look to the Lord and say, Lord, this one life you've given to me. I want to live it for you. I want to be wise. I want to make the most 
the time that you're given. I'm going to go after this kingdom of God. I'm going to go after this kingdom of heaven. I'm going to go after this rare treasure. I'm going to live for eternity. If you are married, be the person, as God spoke to us last week. Be like how Abraham was. At him pursuing the foundation, the building, the city that was not made out of hand, but that city's maker is God. And he lived as a stranger and pilgrim and he followed God all the way. Not only did he go, his wife followed him because he was that shining light in his household. She joined him, her life, Sean, both their lives together. Their son followed them. He inherited the promise that God had for him. By seeing the light in his parents' life. Be that person. Be that one person who is eternity minded. You'll be able to instill that in your family. They will be able to see that light and follow you as you follow Christ. Don't live for this present world. Set your affections on things above. Not on things below. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, they'll all be gone. Everything that we trusted in, all be gone. All the resources that we trusted in, all be gone. All the people that we trusted in, all be gone. The only one thing that matters the most is, what have you done with your time? What have you done with your body? What have you done with what God has given you? What have you done with this one life God has given you? And how well have you lived? Did you thoroughly live it for God? Did you live your life in a manner that is pleasing to God, according to the blueprint that God has for you, according to the perfect will of God? Have you lived your life? That alone is going to matter. On that day, that day could be any day. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord?